It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show. West Blankenship hanging out with me here on this Tuesday evening. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media, find us at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I am at JMCH316. He is at Wes underscore Inship. And he, of course, is at underscore Dylan Matthews. By the way, Rankum comes up at 1040. Let's not forget that. So hit us up on the text line or on our Twitter pages with your lists, and we'll get to those coming up at 1040. This, of course, should not be look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So let's take a look, Wes, here. The top five offensive player grades from Sunday against the Chargers. Caleb McGarry had the highest grade, 91.6. Tyler Algier came in at a 90.8. I'm going to talk about him in just a second. Matt Hennessy, who I thought played really well until he got hurt, 79.7. Cordero Patterson back in the mix, 79.3. And Cordero Hodge at 75.6. I will tell you that Tyler Algier... And I'm going to bring this up at 9 o'clock. You know he's on pace to have the second most rushing yards ever for a Falcons rookie running back? He's been lighting it up. 99 yards on 10 carries the other day. Yeah. That's a tough break. Who do you think think is number one all-time Falcons rookie rushing yardage record? Uh, I'll give you a hint. 1979 is when it happened. Okay, well, that's about... 40 years before the player it's, I was going to guess. It's one of the big names, though. One of the big names? Think about the running backs in that era for the Atlanta Falcons. It's one of the big names. I can't even guess. I'm not I'm not going to lie, and you're going to hate me for that because yes, it's I a am. generational thing, but yes. it's kind of like when you were telling Any me. Idea? I have a guess. Yes. Billy White Shoes Johnson. He was a wide receiver See, and kick returner. Dylan, oh. it's were, better. Were you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Wes. Better to leave was that a Was that a serious comment maybe maybe not dylan that's okay. that's taking tough. my headphones off now. i met billy white okay. shoes johnson I, I, once I, I quit okay i i'm i'm quitting. all right this is the west and dylan show yeah now. i yeah. uh i met billy white shoes johnson once he came to our field day at oh. elementary school okay grew up near swanee uh-huh and a lot of falcons were around right. that, that right. area and, well and i mean the, and the training around. camp was up there in swanee at right the, at the hotel there Falcon but, uh, Inn. He was not wearing white shoes. Really? And that confused me as a young child. Did he have his glasses on? Because he did, you know, have glasses and all that. No. He was no? just wearing a, wow. uh, okay. just kind of in street clothes. And okay. uh, it was nice to meet him. My dad was just, yeah. he was like, hey, it's Billy White Shoes Johnson. Well, he's, he's probably not a very big guy, right? He's not big. Yeah, because he was more of a kick returner than he was right. a wide receiver. Yeah, no, he, he was diminutive. By the way, the answer to the question is William Andrews. Falcon sure. legend. You got have, have you both That was going to be my next guess. Have you guys heard of William Andrews? Yeah, that was like like Wes said, that was my second guess. <laughs> yep. Right. He's related to uh he's the father of Mark Andrews, uh, right? if you could see kidding. the look on John's face <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, I like I want to go home. Disgust. Like I, here's what I want to do. I want another rack of Fat Matt's ribs and just sit in the bullpen and just eat and drink and watch TV and just be done with the show. That that's where I'm at with all this. I won't give away who's number two. I'll do that at 9 o'clock. But you will be very surprised who is second for the Falcons. And I'll give you a hint. It was 2006 
was the last time that, that somebody oh. that, who, who has the second highest total. I won't give that away. But back to my uh, point. Algier has been a really good find. Um, and I think even with Patterson back, you saw Wes on Sunday. They will use Patterson split out wide, put him in the slot. You know, now you can use him at wide receiver too, just in the standpoint of you feel confident what Huntley and Algier give you running the football, that it doesn't have to just be Patterson lining up behind Key Smith. You can split him out now and get him involved in the passing game. He's been missed, man. And I love this about the Falcons, that they're running the rock. It's just fun to watch. Mm -hmm. When you have a team that can break off an explosive run or a physical run, there's nothing like that in football to light up your team, give you a little bit of momentum, give you a little bit of juice. And on a short week like this, the Falcons could use a whole lot of that in Carolina. Yeah, and listen, um, having a three-headed running attack for a team that wants to run the football, as my buddy Hugh Douglas says, we're into that time of the year where defenders start making business decisions about how much do you really want to come on, come up and take on the run. I don't want to be in crutches when we go on right. vacation to the Bahamas right. in a couple months. So, listen, it's early November. Business decisions start getting made. Quickly on the defensive side of the football, Isaiah Oliver, number one at 76-2. Richie Grant was second at 74-7. D'Angelo Malone, 72-9. Rashawn Evans at 70.3. Darren Hall, 69-2. Carter was at 69-2. This is where I'm at right now. It's time to start Arnold Ebicady. Their pass rush has not been very effective. He's your best pass rusher. I can give you the numbers if you want, but he's your best pass rusher. With all due respect to Ogundeji, he grades out poorly, and he's not been a big contributor. Outside of his one sack, do you know he's not hit the quarterback at all the remainder of the year? That's Take, important when you're on defense. When you play outside edge player, right? That's Steven Means like. He has the one sack. That's the only time he's hit the quarterback this year is that one sack. And I'm not knocking Ogundeji. He's a rotational guy. But it's time. Carter's averaging 82% of the snaps this year. Ebicady's at 56. It's time to get him in the starting line. The only game he has started was the 49ers game when Ogundeji was hurt. It's time to start him. It's time to start getting him up into that 68 to 75% snap percentage. It's time to turn him loose. Because they're not sacking the quarterback, and their pass rush and lack of it is starting to hurt this team. Look, look at the division right now, John. You can look at the team. Oh, my gosh, the team. What what are we going to do with this Falcons team? But the division is such a mess and such a cluster. It's a dumpster fire. It's time to make some roster adjustments. Mm -hmm. Tweak some things up. Yep. If you got a freak, let them loose. Yeah, turn them loose. Um, Matt Hennessy went to IR today. Javante Moffitt. Uh, was put on the 53-man. Uh, Bo Pete Keys. Maybe he's in Coffee Town. I don't know. Bo Pete Keys. Bo Pete he, Keys. He's been released from the practice squad. He'll unlock your door for you. Yep. Quinton Bell and uh, Jonathan Harrison have been signed to the practice squad. So the big thing is Matt Hennessy, the IR, most likely Colby Gossett yeah, will play tough. left guard. How about the fact that we haven't heard a peep about Jalen Mayfield since the start? Remember him? Remember the guy who oh, yeah. started all 17 games and was the single worst interior defensive look there's my girl jesse odo gilbert there she is right there so but anyway um went to my high school what was your high school uh, mascot polar bears jackson polar bears stark, oh. stark county ohio baby <laughs> we were the we were the other school in the city of maslin you have you have yeah not have, many polar bear mascots no, across no. this great country. so we were purple and gold baby purple and gold we were the polar bears but 
Colby Gossett most likely starts, but how about the fact we have not heard a peep about Jalen Mayfield since the beginning of the year and he went on IR? Yeah. I here's my thought. Here's what I've said, right? Dylan, Jalen Mayfield will get a shot to start next year. If he doesn't start next year, he'll be like Marlon Davidson and he'll be cut. How about AJ Terrell? Um, I think that the reason they brought that Fenton kid over from Kansas City is that Terrell and Hayward are going to be out longer than what they originally thought. I think it's going to be a while before we see either guy. I don't think Ter- I, Terrell's already, I think, ruled out for Thursday. Is he not? Right. I think he's already ruled he, out for he Thursday. Didn't, uh, practice. For that. If you if you have a hamstring issue, Wes, and you think you're 100 percent ready to go, you wait another week. Oh yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. That's a good rule of thumb. You don't want to stretch that too much nope. because if you push that, it, it is just perilous. You, you know that's what happened to Keenan Allen. He came back from his hamstring in week seven. Thought he could go. He tweaked it, got hurt, and then he said it did not get better during the bye week that they had, and he missed the game on Sunday. All right, let's get some audio. Let's uh, let's hear from the head coach. Here's uh, Arthur talking about how there's been some crazy things happening this year. There's some crazy things that have happened this year, but uh, some have broken our way, some haven't, but that's that's the NFL. Uh, when he picked that up, I mean, he's rolling, and then, like I said yesterday, Hard to explain what the fo- you know, happens with the football sometimes, and so bounce right back to them, and then they hit the play, and then there's you know couldn't stop the clock, and and they hit it. So yeah, there's there's a, there's always things that we can do, and we, you look at it, and especially on a short week, you look at it last night, and you know thankfully we just played Carolina, so you get to very familiar with them, but you look at the Cincinnati game, and we gotta we gotta move forward. It's a big game for us Thursday night. I'm not upset at Taquan Graham. I know a lot of people are blaming the loss on him this any other. It happens. You know, again, it's one of those four to six plays that happen in a football game. The problem for Taquan Graham is just the timing of it, right? But, again, remember, they hucked it downfield on one play and got all the yardage right back, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, they, got the, they, they had the first down, San Diego did, or L.A. or whatever the hell they're called. Um, they got the first down. And then literally on the first play, they picked up all that yardage that Graham had returned it right back. That's what you can't do. You know, even if you drop the football, you can't give up a 30-yard play on the very first play right after that. The compound uh, insult to injury, John. Yes, exactly. All right, um, let's get to number five, expectations for Mariota versus what he's seen. Not a prediction. You, you sign a guy, you, you try to – Make sure you work with them to, you know, improve and, you know, how you play an attack and play to the strengths of your team. And I think for the most part, uh, we've done that uh, and we'll continue to evolve. You know, every game's going to be different. Like yesterday, you know, you felt pretty good the way it started and, you know, certainly the way we ran the football. But we got to find a way to make, make more plays, especially down the stretch in a game like that. Short, quick route, one read, throw. Can I translate Short, that soundbite for you? One read, throw. Yes. What I heard Arthur Smith say there was, we're going to do the same thing we've been doing. Yes. And it is short, quick, quick route. Quick route, one read. One read. Throw. Throw. That's that's what you do, right? And they're not they're, they, there's no reason to change all of that. We should turn that into a song. Yeah. That could be like an intro to a we're song. We're bars in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what kind of song would it be? It would definitely be a hip hop song. Just okay. the way you, the way your your cadence is right now, and how okay. you say it, it's a hip hop song. Short, quick route, one read, throw. Just put Short, a nice quick beat route, behind it. Off the throw. tongue, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. We should do that. We should come up with it. Listen, we we had our Mets song. Do we have our Mets song we can play, Wes? 
See if you can find that. We had a song, you know, about the about the Mets. Meet so, the Mets? Well. F the Mets. Oh. F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how we sing it around here. I so like that. But you're right. It is to the tune of Meet the Mets. So do we have the extent do we have that better version? Do we have the one that the do we have the uh do we have the longer one that I had the verse in and everything? Nah, never mind. I, I, I should have known. I can't ask you to produce anything. Been, but anyway. It's been cleared out. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, let's grab um grab me grab me number fifteen. Quarterback evaluation comes down to wins and losses and play on critical downs. It's gonna be about wins and losses and how you play on critical downs and turnover margin, red zone, third down. Uh, you know, like I said, there's always things to improve on. Uh, for the most part, we've been on, been pretty decent in, in those areas. Uh, but obviously, yesterday we we needed to to make one more play in one of those situations, and we didn't. I think Arthur Smith understands, and this is you can say it's fair, not fair, doesn't really matter. Quarterbacks in the NFL are valued on: do you win or do you lose, and that's it. I mean, stats and everything are great. There's a lot of great stat guys. Kirk Cousins is a great stat guy. If you're a fantasy football player, Kirk Cousins is one of the best guys you can have. But you know what he doesn't do in the league? He doesn't win. Doesn't get those dubs. You know what Derek Carr does? He dances doesn't? on planes, though. Yeah, he does. I mean, you know, doesn't do jazzercise like Russell Wilson, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but Derek Carr is another guy. Great stats, yeah. puts up all kinds of numbers. They don't win. And that's what the league is. That's why your coach gets fired. That's why GMs get fired. That's why owners get anxious when they spend money and we don't win. They don't care about stats. They want to win. That's why everybody, That's why the teams that wanted Deshaun Watson went after Deshaun Watson. They, they wanted to win. And even they if that meant have that as bugged. a stat column. Yeah. Wins. I, I, listen, it's the most important stat at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, argue about it all you want, but it's the most important stat. All right, when we get back, Wes, I said it. I can't believe this. UGA. Is winning the national championship. I'm plugging my ears right now. UGA Not is it. winning the Natty. As we F the Mets and we'll be back. Sports written into the game, Odyssey.com. F the Mets, F the Mets. Step right up and F the Mets. Back to more John Chuckery. No, no, I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 929, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, back with you on the John Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. Wes Blankenship sitting in with me. We'll get to a What's Bugging Chuckery here in about 20 minutes from right now. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at JMCH316 on Twitter. He is at Wes underscore Nship, and he, of course, is at underscore Dylon Matthews. Uh, top of the hour, we're going to talk more about Tyler Algier and the start that he has had because it's been a really good start for, for Tyler Algier, and he's been a, a, a real key piece about... You love this guy. I, I love Tyler Algier. I, I think this was a really good draft pick, and I think that there are big things to come for him. But, Wes, I'm saying it. After what I saw on Saturday, Georgia's winning the national title again this year. In in what sport? I know you're football. not. I know you're not throwing a bunch of rat poison out here on the table. College football, they are going to win the FBS 
Division One National Collegiate Championship. And it was just because of this past game. Hmm? What did he say? Oh. I, I, I believe after what I have seen, and, and, you know, it was cemented. I thought Georgia should have been the number one team last week, but you okay, did. they weren't. But I don't, I don't see this team losing to somebody. I just don't. I'll tell you why I'm still hesitant to make that proclamation, John. And it is, it's just the DNA of the team is fantastic when they do have huge matchups. Oregon, you know, go on the road. SEC opener, South Carolina. Stetson is seven and one against top ten teams. Yes. However, what if it's almost like they are a, a kitten? That's toying with a ball of yarn, and they get bored. They get bored when they're not playing elite competition. So yes, that's that's a great omen for them when they, you know, if if and when make it to the college football playoff. But what if you what if you have one of those off nights in the SEC championship game, or what if it happens in the college football playoff? What if heaven forbid? You match up with Tennessee again somewhere along the road, and, and you have a couple young players in the secondary think, oh, we've already beaten these guys. That's what makes me still wonder about Georgia. I still want to see them prove it, and they'll have to under your prediction here. Just the element of they've kind of toyed with teams and lived a little dangerously makes me a little skeptical still that they're a shoe in I'm not saying they can't do it. Uh, I think they have the best chances to do it. I, I do wonder, though. I think every team in college football over the course of a 12-game season is going to have some performances where you're not at the top of your game, right? I, I just it, – it's – look, my buddy Sam Mitchell, former NBA coach of the year, he, he used to tell me there's not a chance in this world that an NBA player gets up for 82 games in a season. You just – you can't. You can't do it. And I get it. Like, in sports over the course of any season, it's tough to get up. But there's nothing about Georgia under Kirby Smart that tells me that, one, is they can't out-talent most teams. Two is they're not well-coached. I mean, Oof. they're as well-coached as anybody in the country. I mean, that's that's the thing. Saturday that, was a coaching clinic. Yeah, and and I think when you take the intangibles of it, not just do I have the best quarterback. I mean, where where would – think about it like this, Okay. And I'm not trying to knock Stetson, but Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, um, look at what Jaden Daniels has done this year at LSU. He's been yeah. outstanding. Yep. I mean, he is – he may be the most uh, – Jaden Daniels right now might be the most underrated player in all of college football right now. He's right? surging. We we talked about going into the season, Will Levis, this and the other. But who's the guy that wins? Who's the guy that continually defies the odds and wins? The mailman. Week in, week out. And I just don't see that if they line up against Ohio State, Michigan, even Alabama or Tennessee again, LSU, I just don't think Georgia loses one of those kinds of games. I think it helped Georgia that they already got fed the rat poison early in the season after destroying the Ducks and South Carolina. Uh, I saw a tweet early on in the year that, Georgia is uh, what wood chippers wish they could be or something crazy like that from one of the Oregon beat writers. And now you're weathering that storm again Mm -hmm. off of this Tennessee game. 
I think that helps the, that younger that younger uh, contingent of the team. It helps them out. They've already been through this. Yeah, everyone says we're great. Well, what did Kirby say after the Tennessee game? This was the game of the century to everybody except us. This was the same week for us. Mm-hmm. This was a game where we had a plan on defense. We knew Tennessee's offense was good. Probably put a little extra work in on them, which is good. That's a, a tip of the cap to Tennessee's offense. But they also did that for Georgia Tech when they ran the triple option when Paul Johnson was here. It's every single detail in the margin that makes Kirby Smart the hardest working and best rewarded coach in college football at this moment. When Kirby Smart says that this team hasn't won anything and he lives in the moment, where does he get that from? I mean, obviously. Go he gets, west. He gets it from Saban. Yeah. And that yeah. was Nick Saban's thing. Nick Saban was always a believer in you guys haven't won anything as a group. We have to prove it that, that we are going to win. Malachi Starks hasn't won anything. Right. And I think that's the thing about Georgia, and I think that's the thing about Kirby, is that they don't rest on their laurels. They don't think that it's just going to get handed to them. You know, Kirby lives for the Kent State games. That's he what loved, he lives for. He loved that. When, when you can win comfortably, I mean, think about that. They beat Kent State by three touchdowns, turned it over three times, and people were panicking. They had three turnovers and still won by three touchdowns, mm. and people started panicking. And Kirby lives for those kinds of moments. Yeah. He lives for those moments, those teachable, coachable moments. But when they line up against Tennessee, like what let me ask you this. What do you if you if I say to you that Georgia plays a clean game? Because I do think that if you get Stetson Bennett throwing, like, for instance, in the early part of that Florida game in the second half, he starts throwing interceptions. He starts throwing it. That's the moment I'm, I'm referring okay. to. Okay. Yeah. But, okay, how many of those has he had, though? Not as many as the perception would lead you to believe. And were they able to overcome it in the Florida game? Yeah, it wasn't even really a, a, a doubt. Exactly. Yeah. So, outside of Stetson losing you a game – how do you beat Georgia? Um, I'm going to be thinking about that one for a while because, because I haven't really seen it. Missouri put it on tape, but Missouri's a good defense. Missouri has evolved as the season's gone along to actually be a respectable defense in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And that night, I don't think How they even gave really... Drinkwitz an uh, extension, right? Didn't yeah. they give him an extension? Yeah, they did. They just did uh, this past week. I don't think people recognized at that point how good Mizzou was on defense, and they did take Stetson out of the game for about three and a half quarters, and then Stetson turned it on. Mm-hmm. The O-line turned it on, and they haven't had a night like that since. It's the same thing. I said this about Ohio State. If you look at the Notre Dame game and even go to the Northwestern game this past weekend, eventually the talent takes over. Even if you have everybody and everything figured out and bogged down, Eventually, the talent takes over. The Notre Dame game, Ohio State week one. Eventually, Ohio State's talent took over. Yeah, how do you think that game looks today? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, and, and listen, people kind of crapped on it, but, you know, the, the uh, Northwestern game, he had 50-mile-an-hour wins in that game. It was right. a weird game. No, neither one of those teams scored a point on a drive into the wind on Saturday. 
Wow. Every point scored in that game. The wind is undefeated. Yes, was with the wind at their back. They, neither team scored into the wind. So it's weird, but eventually the talent takes over. Eventually Stroud or Stetson make a play. Eventually Brock Bowers or um, – Darnell Washington. Yeah, Kenny or somebody – You name it. Right, yeah. somebody makes a play. Eventually Keely Ringo, you throw at him enough times – he takes the ball away from you, and now he flips the field and turns it on you. Eventually, you shank a punt, and McConkey goes 37 yards on one play in the end zone. Mm. That's the thing about Georgia is that it's not just their yeah, talent. It's, even Georgia's punter is better than your punter. Yes. And, and I, I just – when I look at the intangibles of what the Bulldogs are, I just don't see a team that lines up and goes out and beat them. Look. Michigan had arguably the best defensive line in college football. Here's what I do know about Michigan last year. Mm. They had the best pass rush duo in America by far. Njabo in or, um, or, um, and uh, Hutchinson, Hutchinson, that was the best duo in the country last year at sacking the quarterback. They couldn't do anything against Georgia. Yeah. Couldn't do anything. A lot of teams would like a rematch with Georgia. Michigan is one of them. Tennessee, one of them. Oregon, one of them as well. All teams, I mean, look, at, all teams at the last time they've lost have been to, to, been to the Georgia Bulldogs. Yep, yep. I think the odds of one of those happening seems to be pretty good. But here's, here's one thing that I've heard when it comes to this Tennessee hypothetical rematch. Uh, Kirby Smart has been through a few of these rematch scenarios in his career. Mm-hmm. Go back to LSU, mm-hmm. Bama, 2011. Mm-hmm. Auburn, 2017. And Bama last year. I keep hearing, you know, if Tennessee gets this rematch, it's going to be tough for Georgia to beat them twice because it's tough to beat a a team twice. And I will grant you that. However, I'll give you a little spin zone here. What's Kirby Smart's team's record in all of those rematch games? I'm guessing they're undefeated. They're undefeated. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that Tennessee lost this first one. The next one would still be a rematch. I'm with you. There are some... Special things going on in Athens, and uh, dog fans don't take it for granted because it, it, there's a lot to embrace right now about this team and what Kirby's doing, and uh, it's, it's amazing. It truly is. When we get back, it'll be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. Is there an NFL team that would be willing to do a make-a-wish for a certain sportscaster? I'll explain that next. Uh, Chuckery the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Simon and Garfunkel here, or what? I mean, we, we just wait. Slow music. Just wait on. Okay. Just wait. Right. It okay. takes a takes a few seconds for you know. For Did a you make a remix out. of our uh, Falcons Marcus Mariota? No, no. Just just guys wait. Just wait on it. You guys will see in a minute. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. This is like the Hawks highlight. John, music. listen to this. It's on the not. Drive-in. 
This is like the music, like when you guys cut up highlights for the Hawks game. Yeah. Like this is the music that plays underneath. I mean, this isn't the exact instrumental. It might as well but, be. Though. I mean, but it's, it's the same exact thing. It's a, it's, it's yeah. a hip hop instrumental, yes. Okay. It's right. off of Drake and 21 Savage's new album. Okay. It's the instrumental one of so the songs. Dree Wizzy and, and. I love this radio opportunity here because. Most of what I do in similar formats is podcasting mm-hmm. stuff, and I don't have the rights to all this hip music like Dylan has. I yeah, you him. don't have like an, a producer like that's yeah. you know, dropping a beat while you're giving. That's a right. Yeah, and it's not it. Drake either. It's it's some knockoff from some music uh, license site that wants to be like Drake. You know. There you go. So appreciate yeah. it. Hey, so, of course. We got it all here for you, man. Who's this Drake and Drake and Savage tw- or what? <laughs> Drake and 21 Savage. Okay. They just dropped a, a collab album and I, it's fire. I bet they dropped it. Probably fell through the cracks and went to the bottom of the Dylan well. Dylan was but... very excited about it on uh, Twitter last week. I was. He was kind of like uh, one of the Taylor Swift fans that live tweets the release of the mm-hmm. album. Sure did. Dylan was Did going I tell you nuts. that I registered with Ticketmaster to buy tickets early for her concerts that are coming here? You a Swifty? I'm not. I like Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, but I've got a teenage daughter. Oh, of and, course. And she then, wants to. Yeah. And you're a Swift. Yeah. Yeah. By I, I I like her music. I, I Dylan knows. I'm a pop guy. Like She's I love talented. I love pop music. Like I love Olivia Rodrigo and Taylor Swift and you know Selena Gomez and people like that. Like I love uh, Harry Styles. I love. I love good pop music. Ariana Grande. Mm. Yeah, Ariana Grande. Like, I love good pop music. Yeah, that doesn't make its way onto my Spotify playlist too often. What uh, are you, like, thrash metal? I mean, like no, Pantera? No, only on, uh, only on Fridays. No, I, I'm a, uh, I, I got a lot of Willie Nelson in my okay. repertoire. All right, well, I love Willie and Waylon. I mean, real country. I, I said the other day, who was that guy that they had on Saturday picking the games? Luke Luke Bryan? Luke Bryan. Luke, Luke Bryan. Okay. I'm Luke Bryan. Okay. Hey, everybody. Okay. So I'm going to bork like a dog. If if he had walked up to Waylon Jennings and told him he was a country star, Waylon Jennings would have grabbed his guitar and smashed it over his head like he was Jeff Jarrett. I don't know if he plays a guitar. Waylon Jennings does. Luke. No, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Waylon. Oh, Way- Way- okay. Waylon yeah. Jennings would have picked up his guitar and yep. he would have smashed it over Luke Bryan's head like he was Jeff Jarrett or the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, I think there's a strong possibility of that. Waylon was going to fly off the cuff at any at anybody. But there's but there's there's no such thing as country music per se. Not today's modern artists. Well, the way it all works is you got to get big on Spotify and to engage a huge audience on Spotify, you have to have a little bit of that well, that pop element. So the 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 girls get into it because it's the easiest format to get airplay on. Like mm-hmm. the the pop the pop music scene is so competitive that it's hard for an artist to kind of break through and make their name. Sure. So so many of those girls, and this started back with Shania Twain and Faith Hill and all that, like with all due respect, that's not I mean Mutt Lang wasn't a country music Kelly, writer. Uh, Kelly Clarkson, I, I want to say, kind of started that um who on was American the, Idol, she wanted to be like that. Who was um oh gosh. Um she sang that she she sang the song from Con Air. How do I live without oh, you? Yeah. Not, tr- Le- not Trisha Le- Yearwood. Rhymes. Leanne Rhymes did that. That was right? a huge deal, by the way. D- do you know the story of that? About what? How, how do I live without you? Well, I know Trisha Yearwood sang that they song too. They recorded it the same like the same day. Oh, or okay. They, they released it the same day, and there's ah. this huge backlash because everyone actually liked Leanne Rhymes' version better. 
Oh, okay. But well, Trish Yearwood's performed better. But I mean, that's what those that's what Leanne Rhymes and Taylor Swift and those go people right do in. is country. go into country music because yeah. it's an easier format yeah. to get play and break through in. Then I mean, think about how competitive the pop market is. I mean, you know, millions of of young girls and guys that want to get involved in pop because there's and they all sound the same. Yeah. And so, you know, they use that format to get to where they really want to be. That's showbiz. Yeah. I, listen, I'm not mad at him, but I mean, Luke Bryan's about as, you know, country as. He's an entertainer, though, man. Yeah. Did you see him on game day? Yeah. He had the hobnail boots. Yeah. And again, he's working the crowd. Waylon and Willie would have taken their guitars and smashed it over his head. He'd, he'd have been like he'd have been like Jeff Jarrett hitting Beetlejuice with the Willie guitar. would have been in one of the frat houses in Athens, and he would have missed his spot on College Game Day. I'm yeah fairly confident. I mean, in that. Uh, imagine Jerry Reed and Jerry Jeff Allen and people like that that they would have taken their guitars and they would have just smashed them over the head. Hey man, don't do that. I'm Luke Bryan. Yeah, well he can have his whiskey and water and <laughs> corn and whatever else he's got going on. And, he can go shake with the country girls or whatever he's got going on. I'm happy this my uh my instrumental coming back created this great discussion. Uh-huh. I'm very uh, happy yeah. about that. You did that. You created this opportunity. But it is. It, it's just not, you know. Look, if you go to a if you go to a uh oh, who did I see the other day? Wasn't it George Strait? Was it um wh- where was he at? He was at a game the other day. Ooh. George Strait. Right? I would imagine at Texas. Yeah. Somewhere uh, um, TCU. Who Bay- did Bay- he seems like a Baylor guy. Well, I think he's a Texas guy. Though, he is he a not? Longhorn. I mean, guy. I, I know that. I know that he's saying all my exes live in Texas, and that's yeah, why I reside in Tennessee. Yeah, they all have these allegiances. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I'm but making I think, that up. I think he's a Texas guy because he was okay. just at a. He was just at something. He was at a, at a big game or something like that. Even George Strait would take his electric guitar and would smash him over the head. Oh, he's had five hundred number one hits. He's not going to be tarnished by. Uh... By some up-and-coming pop country singer. No, he'd smash him over the head with a guitar just to send a message. That's what guys like George Strait can do. Because George Strait's a little old and cantankerous at this point, so he you would be so? like the honky-tonk You think man. he could get away with it? Oh, yeah, like yeah. the honky-tonk man. Yeah. You familiar with the honky-tonk man? Yes. Okay. He'd be he'd be Wayne Ferris. He'd just he'd come out there, and, and he'd sing the song. I got my long side burns and my you know <laughs> hair slicked back, and he's got there and just hit, hit him with a guitar over the head. And, and listen, you know what would happen? Like people like me would cheer George Strait. Like I'd go out and buy all those albums. Well, and, it's like celebrity deathmatch. Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. There should be more of that oh, instead Ge- of all this. George Strait was at the World Series. Oh, okay, that, that in Houston. That's Astros. what it was. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. So if Luke Bryan would have gone down to the World Series and say, "Hey, I'm here to be you know, for the World Series," George Strait would have taken his guitar and you know gone Jeff Jarrett on him. <laughs> he just he'd just gone Jeff Jarrett and just just like Jeff Jarrett right there did. in the dugout. Yeah, just just would have smashed it over his head. And the balsa wood would have flown everywhere, and there'd be pieces of it to pick up, and there'd be a guy oh, yeah, with a he's guitar. He's got plenty of guitars. He's not worried. Absolutely, about it. he's not worried about one one lousy guitar. So anyway, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, let's get to something we call "What's Bugging Chuckery." Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for "What's Bugging Chuckery" on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So look. Wes, we all think that we can do the job of professional GMs and coaches and everything else, right? Everybody thinks that they can sit on their Barker lounger and, you know, they can, you know, pet their Cocker Spaniel. Certainly in Indianapolis. Yeah. Everybody thinks that they can do all of this kind of stuff. Well, one guy has made his proclamation 
that would be everybody's favorite hot take guy in the world, Skip Bayless, who on his, what is it, his podcast show, it wasn't Get Woke or Woke Take or one of those <laughs> Undisputed. shows. Yeah, uh, un, unwokedness or whatever <laughs> he's got going on. It wasn't one of those. This was like on his regular Skip Bayless podcast thingamajig or whatever he's got going on. Here's why he says that he would make a good NFL GM. I would make a better NFL general manager. I believe I have demonstrated over almost 20 years on live national TV a pretty good eye and instinct for which college players can play pro football. And I believe I would be better than many current team builders at drafting and trading pro football players. I know football even better than I do basketball at the pro level. I think I have a pretty good feel for the National Football League. Hmm. Hmm. So this is the guy who predicted that Johnny Manziel would be a bigger star in Cleveland than LeBron James. This is the guy who kept talking about that Tim Tebow was going to be a better, more sure thing at quarterback than Andrew Luck. This is the guy who thought Josh Freeman was a better quarterback than Cam Newton. He thought Matt Flynn was better than Carson Palmer or Russell Wilson. He blasted the Cowboys, the team that he's in love with down there, for drafting Dak Prescott over Cardell Jones. And he said that Robert Griffith III would be a better quarterback and grow into a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. So... Isn't this the guy who weeps openly when the Cowboys lose? Yes. He's, he's, I don't see many general managers weeping after losses. So he his track record on at least what he says on the airwaves that we have documented would probably put him about where a lot of NFL GMs are because they screw up quarterbacks all the time. So if you're looking for a guy to come into your franchise that – if you wanted something that resembled a train wreck at 180 miles an hour, yes, Skip Bayless would be your guy. But he still knows it better than basketball, That's John. true. So That's I'd true. hate to see his basketball. That's pick. true. Because he thought Johnny Manziel would be a bigger star in Cleveland than LeBron James. And we all know how that worked out. He just barely missed on that prediction. Look, everybody's hot take, get woke, woke first, unwokedness. The Every, John Wokery show. Yeah. Everybody's got to be woke take now. Everybody. Everybody's got to get hot, right? Everybody's got to come out scorched earth and all that. This is like Colin Coward, who just forgets all the things that he ever said before about everything on his national platform and pretends like it never happened. Here's what I want to see, John. I saw, speaking of Luke Bryan, we saw on uh, college game day this week, Pat McAfee, Kirk mm-hmm. Herbstreit, Desmond, they all picked Tennessee. That's yep. fine. Didn't surprise me at all. I want to see these guys start to make some wagers. Hold them accountable, man. And I'm not saying they need to bet money, but do something where you make your co-host do something embarrassing, like everyone's fantasy football team. You come in last place, you have to eat a waffle every hour at the Waffle House. You know, It's time to hold these guys accountable, I think. How about this for Herb Street? that – if when when he if he misses more than X amount of picks in a week, okay, somebody gets to take the helmet of the other team that Corso is going to put on that week, 
and hit Herb Street upside the head. Could we do that? I think that would end oh. after that first week. Oh, that wouldn't be a good long-term strategy? No, I don't think so. Oh, oh, that would be my plan. I mean, maybe I'm a little different. Maybe I think a little bit differently than than the average person, but that would be. I think if he loses, if he loses his picks, he should have to go to the team's locker room that he picked to lose and tell them, hey, well, I, I picked you to I'll, I'll, to I'll tell lose. you one better. I wish he would start picking the games he calls. Let him start, you know, because he doesn't. He has this air of, oh, I, I can't, I can't, right, I can't. Right, right, like he's it. Mr. Highfalutin. But no he one says, cares anymore, right. man. But, like, he'll no talk, like, after, like, if he, like, and, and the guy who always claims and he's not Chris a big. And Chris Fowler gets to say the whole game. Right. Oh, hey, <laughs> right. see that first down? And, and you were it, wrong. The, the guy who says he's not a Big Ten or Ohio State homer who, you know, has had to move because he's such a Big Ten Ohio State homer. But, nonetheless, um, I wish he would make a pick on the games that he has to call. And then he has to go out in front of the fan base if he gets it wrong and let them boo him, I just boo him anyway. He's getting all this Amazon money now doing the Thursday yeah. night games. I don't think anyone has any sympathy for Kirk Herbstreit right now. It's time to I, live I, up to that. Kirk, have I, some fun. I I didn't have any sympathy before, and <laughs> I was willing to hit him with a helmet if he didn't make his picks right or whatever <laughs> like that. But listen, good for Skip Bayless. Um, can you imagine him running your NFL team with the with the thoughts and the picks that that he had? It would be listen. It would be the ultimate crap show. Like, it would be the ultimate turd burger, you know, steaming, heaping pile of crap show, and I'd be in for it. They should make that a reality show. How they make everything else a reality show, make him being an – just let him go in the XFL and let him be an XFL GM. What was the – there was an ESPN show that was a reality show where you got to try out to be on SportsCenter, and one of the guys, I think the winner each year, actually became a full-time – Yes, and I'm trying to remember. Oh, man. But that's what he should do with the GM. Actually, that's what he should do for his radio. One team a year. Actually, he should have to try out for his radio and TV gig every week, but that's He should get tryouts, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Wes, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for hanging in there and being a part of the show. Everyone so, loves a sports show on election night. You know, yes, it's a good yes. change of pace. Yes, and we can break down percentages and polling and we're polling data. That. Yeah, I get my whiteboard out and we can break down polling data and everything like that. Speaking of breaking it down, we get back to the top of the hour. Tyler Algier is having a terrific breakout season. You might be surprised at where his numbers could put him. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, ninety two nine The Game, Odyssey.com app. 